Trip Flip every Sunday nights on Travel Channel at 8 p.m. 7 Central. I'm on tour. Portland, Baltimore, Austin, Des Moines. Today's guest, celebrity chef Bobby Flay. Go to birdbirdbird.com. Is the birdcast. Perfect. Yep. So this is exactly how it's done, Bobby. This is my board right. right there. I run all the mics into there, and then they run into that, and that's called a Zoom recorder. Super yeah. cheap. And two lines come into that, and then it's all leveled out. Everything sounds great. You talk into a mic like this. You can put wireless in there. It's perfect. And then I take it, put it in my computer, upload it. I, my buddy Sam Roberts. Here, grab a seat. Right. My buddy Sam Roberts said he, was go- he would come this up. Is the, this is the best scene in Goodfellas ever. What is this when he's slicing? They're in the oh, prison. Oh, how serendipitous. <laughs> exactly. They got the lobster delivery in the prison. He's got a he's got a ribeye steak on the on the in a cast iron pan and they're slicing the garlic for the tomato sauce. This is like the perfect meal, except it's in prison. Yeah. Right? It's like steak, it's like it's uh surf and turf. It's interesting because I've always every time I've ever seen that, I've always thought to myself, that slicing of the garlic has resonated for the rest of my life. <laughs> totally. That thin, no, I know. thin they do it. I always think to myself whenever I do anything with garlic. Because you, you want it to melt away, and that's how you do it. Can I, would it really melt away, though? It, would, it won't melt away completely, but it will diminish most, most of it. Really? When I cut garlic, I crush it into yeah. a paste so that it actually kind of just melts away. I like garlic to be in... Larger chunks, and so I take can it find out. Them. Oh, oh no! You I, t- like, eat I, it. I love garlic. I can eat so much, gar- much of garlic, I actually get sick the next day. Really? Oh yeah, like where you just can't shit. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> no, not that I know of. Um, this is such a great movie. Yeah. I like your man cave. I have to say, it's like this is pretty good. They built you. They basically built you your own little house. Yeah, that right there. Does your was... wife know that you have this back here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was, as you can see, the little girl uh, chairs, they were rescuing kittens back here the other day. Really? Yeah, my daughter's while I was gone. So, so, and, and this, and so, when did they make this for you? They made it uh, probably two years ago. From DIY. Year and, a half ago. Yeah. And, it's, and it's held up. Oh, yeah. They, they went, that, where the wine refrigerator is right there, there was a door to the garage. And uh, and then where that wine is right there was another door where you could go in and out, and then this was closed off. So they opened this up and then put everything out there, and put there was no pavers back here. It was all grass. Right. And then filled it in, put in pavers. There's a shower right back there. And then this is all 200-year-old reclaimed heart lumber from a barn in Indiana. Really? Yeah. Our inside joke was that it was Gene Hackman's barn, and everyone kept going, God, Gene Hackman's wood is still so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and these things are like fucking 500 pounds, and we had to climb up on ladders with them on our shoulders. What things? These beams. Oh, the beams. They basically hold the structure up. Right. Or we will see when an earthquake happens how good it does. Uh, not good. Yeah. It will be the most gangster part. Is wait where the fuck did I oh this is the uh, this is the thing that that sells so when when you're not watching TV you can put a map down <laughs> pretty pimp <laughs> pretty fucking pimp it's like it's like old school Google Maps yeah it's old school Google Maps <laughs> I I remember I mean I'm so interested in talking to you about this too because I'm like like how you how do you can you, just, you how old are you forty eight forty eight yeah so you started like you started in television well before. Like I started in television before they had color. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying this the other day at the upfronts. You did. Uh, you were doing the show seventeen years ago. Yeah, seventeen. Years. I I did a show. Well, it was actually longer than that. My first show that I had on Food Network as a host was a show called Grilling and Chilling. 
Yep. And it was me and this other cat from, he's actually from uh, the mountains of Virginia, but he lives in Philadelphia named Jack McDavid. And he was like the country boy. He wears a hat um, that sort of says, save the farm. And he wears overalls over his chef whites. You know, he's a yeah. farmer, country boy. And uh, I was a city guy. And so we did this thing called grilling and chilling. And we'd be like, you know, city grilling versus country grilling. It wasn't a competition. We just kind of bantered back and forth. Yeah. That's and then and then that was shot in Clearwater. Clearwater, Florida, on the back lot of the Home Shopping Network. What was the theory about taking it down to Clearwater? Cheap. But yeah, but wasn't everyone already based in New York? Nobody was based anywhere. Oh, really? I mean, there was a studio in like the high 30s, um, like 30, I'm, I'm going to say it was like 33rd Street maybe, and um, off 11th Avenue, and it was just this one little room where they were shooting like In Food Today, like really, I mean... Not very good shows, unfortunately. But it was it was the beginning of Food Network, you know. And now, who was the first celebrity chef that you remember? Wolfgang. Really? Oh yeah. I I remember when he came on the scene. I was cooking in a restaurant in New York called Joanne's. My first job. I was like seventeen years old, and you started hearing about this guy Wolfgang Puck, who was this Austrian guy in California, who like, you know, from what we knew about it then, it was no internet then, so it was just kind of it was like everything was hearsay. <laughs> God, that's how you build How did we get legend. our information? I have no idea. Like, you know, it was like, you know, somebody like with a horse and buggy would come in and give you some gossip. I mean, it was just crazy. And um, you would hear that this guy Wolfgang Puck was like putting like smoked salmon and duck sausage on pizzas. And be like, what are you talking about? Like pizzas, tomato sauce, and mozzarella. I worked in a pizza parlor when I was in sixth grade. Like, so how, well, I can't even I, – like I only know pizza when it was around with like barbecue, chicken, pizza, no. and – well, I'm a New Yorker, so I knew New, I, pizza to me is Napoleon style, which is you know it's it's red sauce and you know mozzarella cheese, and that was, that was basically it. No fresh basil. I mean that that was crazy. Um, <laughs> really? That was that was northern Italy. Oh yeah, totally. It was a it's a southern Italian New York style pizza is Napoleon like from Naples. It's it's real old school southern. It's really simple. It's dough that's crispy and chewy. Um, you know, tomato sauce made out of a can. Which is good, great, and uh, you know, whole milk mozzarella, and maybe a little dried oregano, maybe yeah, baked in you know on deck ovens, and that's how, that's how I knew pizza, and then and I think that's how most people in America knew pizza, and then Wolfgang came along and started putting like smoked salmon on on the pizzas, and you know all these different crazy ingredients, and like a place like California Pizza Kitchen is a total bite off of what he did, really, oh definitely, I mean good for them, they've done well, but. Um, that was all based on Wolfgang's thing, and it, and it wasn't just pizzas. He was also, he was he was the Academy Awards like caterer. They hired him to cook for the stars, and that's how you. That's how celeb, as a celebrity chef, he became well known because they were saying like, you know, they were mentioning Hollywood stars' names, and his and his name would be on the list. You know. Wow. Yeah. So is that did 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 that leave like any impression in, on you guys when you guys were like oh and like I say you guys meaning like you and all your friends that you guys were working in kitchens were you like God one day that would be badass or were you just kind of like oh that's just something that is a fluke no one will ever do that again Oh no he revolutionized food in this country really no, I absolutely before Wolfgang Puck we only thought of good food as being in a very staid environment, boring, you know, probably an old school French restaurant with lots of cream sauces and, you know, and and very little environment and atmosphere that anybody wanted to hang out in unless you were like 90 years old, 
And, you know, it, it was just no fun. And he's like, wait a minute. Good food could be whimsical. Yeah. And he did it. And so when I started working for Jonathan Waxman, who was also like a contemporary of Wolfgang, it was like Wolfgang Puck, Alice Waters, Mark Miller from Santa Fe, Jonathan Waxman, who was in California but then moved to New York. He was the first person to bring California and Southwestern style cuisine and ingredients to, to New York, to the East Coast. That's how I fell in love with Southwestern ingredients. Yeah, because I, I, that's all I – when I think of your yeah. – when, when I think of your style of cooking, that's how I enjoy food. Yeah. That's, that is the way – it almost seems um, – it seems like a healthy, fresh – Yeah. And flavorful, big, you know, big flavors, chili peppers. I mean, food wasn't like that in this country then. It was just very boring and stayed and just predictable. Really? And, and things have changed so much, and obviously for the better. That's fucking insane. So, so when did you, when was the big moment for you where you were like, oh shit, like this, this, is, uh, this is a little bigger than I thought it was going to be? When I started working for Jonathan Waxman, um, all these people kind of – all these like celebrity chefs, like chefs that I looked up to. And the word celebrity chef has obviously changed a lot. Now, you know, everybody who's on TV is a celebrity chef. Yeah. It's, I, does that drive you nuts sometimes? I mean, I don't really care. I mean, if I mean, somebody, like it, it seems like – it seems like the, the, the concept of celebrity chef has gotten – it seems like there's dudes that are more celebrity and less chef. There's definitely that. But there's that, there's that, there's that in every profession. I mean yeah. – you know whether it's designing things or whatever. I mean, yeah. you know, or comics, right? Yeah. You know, oh, it's like definitely guys that are famous and cannot do stand up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, it, 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 there's every level. Um, you know, the thing that's most important to me, as even though you know I've gotten some notoriety in the media and stuff like that, is uh, my restaurants are a number one to me, and yeah. so that's how it keeps me nice and ground. Dude, your squirrel is up. A, yeah, that's, that's your squirrel. That's Leanne rescued that squirrel. And he stays here? Yeah, stays in the backyard. His name's Coco. Okay. I think it's a she, actually. We think she just had baby squirrels. What kind of is, tree is that? I have kumquat. I don't know what the fuck to do with a kumquat. Um, hmm. We've got a fig tree back there, and then we got this kumquat tree. You slice them and candy them. They're delicious. Are you being serious? Yeah, totally. Really? Yeah, yeah, they're amazing. And then you can put them in drinks, too. Really? I'm yeah. such a bad... Uh, chef in the sense that not chef cook. I did an Iron Chef thing for my my kids' uh, school. Fucking the anxiety! I was so unenjoyable. <laughs> what, you competed. I competed and I hated it. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't enjoy. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't. Enjoy, I enjoy cooking when I have the time to do it. But in like the this is the ingredient and the ingredient was fucking apple. I was right. like really and and then this is the ingredient. We need a cocktail. We need this. We need that. I was just like. I was like, I, the creativity, none of it was there for me. Like really? Was, when you guys do Iron Chef, do they tell you, do you really find out that second? We know it's going to be one of three ingredients. And really? then the first time we see it is when they lift it up. Shit. And, when, and how do you, what does your brain do? When you see the ingredient, you're like a fucking uh, oyster. Or- you know, what we do is we talk about it a little bit ahead of time in terms of category. So we, we just get, like, first of all, you know, I always bring two sous chefs who, who work with me in my kitchens. And so they... They know what I'm talking about. I don't have to explain every single thing to them. If I say cut the avocado, if I say dice the avocado, I have to go show them. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. takes time, though. You yeah. know, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's nice to have that. You can't take that for granted. But, like, we think about it like, well, okay, if it's going to be poultry, duck, chicken, guinea hen, 
quail, like let's think about these flavors. If it's going to be shellfish, like you know scallops or lobster, or even like you know things like oysters and clam, like yeah. so we we kind of we kind of go through our repertoire. I mean, you know, I have six high end restaurants. And, um, you know, Mesa Grill's American Southwest, Bar American has some French and some different American What's the cuisines. one? I, I ate at your restaurant in, um, in Atlantis. Mesa Grill. Is that Mesa? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking, yeah. Uh, we had a blast down there. It's fun. That, did, you, you, did you take your kids? Yeah. No, no, no. One with my wife, another comic, Ralphie May, his wife, and then with a radio show, Paul and Young Ron. Oh, okay. And then we just, oh, my God, it was fucking awesome. You went to it. How old are your kids? I don't know. <laughs> six and eight how old are the kids that you know of six and eight yeah six and eight but right. i was doing a comedy show so i didn't want like i didn't want to take care of them <laughs> well you should like do your kids know you went to atlantis without we didn't them know that it was i'm that telling kid. them we didn't know it was that user friendly yeah, let me tell you something <laughs> it's the best place for fucking kids you, you just got voted worst parents in the country <laughs> i have, the, you have you no went, idea you went to atlantis without your children <laughs> me and my wife and we were like oh we'll just we'll just have a good time and I, i'll we, tell you a really funny story when they called me about doing a restaurant there i was like no i'm not doing that and the guy said to me have you ever been here i said no he said well have you've never you've never taken your daughter here? And at that time, Sophie was like she's seventeen now, so she's probably I don't know nine or ten then. And I, and I, she happened to be standing right next to me when I was on the phone with the guys. Like, just come down and check it out before you say no. I'll you know we'll send you we'll send you some plane tickets and we'll put you up and you'll have a good time. Yeah. So I get down there and I take Sophie. It's just the two of us, right? She's like ten years old. We walk in. They wine and dine, roll out the red carpet. Not for me, for her. Oh, that's so fucking smart. They were so smart. And for the next, like, so I, we had a meeting. I was like, I'm undecided. It's a cool place. My my daughter loved it. Like, for the next, like, six weeks, everything Sophie drew in school was Mesa Grill and <laughs> Dolphins. And she was like, Dad, please do this. Please do this. Please do this. So literally, I did it. Because Sophie wanted me to do it. It's like, why really? do you work so hard? You work hard oh, for your it's kids. The best, it's the right? best idea in the place because in the in the world because there's o- there's only you know a handful of restaurants in there and that's where you eat. Yeah, and and you're and we, you stay there for like five nights. So you're like, I'm gonna hit every restaurant. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, so but and so I did it for Sophie, and it, it's a tough it's tough for us to run it down. I mean, ninety percent of my employees have to be, be be Bahamian, and oh yeah, you know. So it's like you know everything, every kind of restaurant like that comes with its own set of problems, but. Um, but yeah, so I opened it for my daughter. That's, that's, how, how do you pick, how do you pick how much to make something on a menu? Like when you go, we're going to sell like grilled cheeses. Right. How do you, do you go the market price for a grilled cheese is $12? Down there? N- not, down there it's not. Down, down there, there it's everything's. A, it's my most expensive restaurant. It's Yeah, everything's expensive. Because right? you can't get ingredients without paying like, you know, graft. We, I took, we, I went with my buddy Ralphie May. Ralphie May is a, a big yeah. You know who he is? Yeah. Okay. Ralphie and I went and had sushi at Nobu down there. It was like $4 million. $1,200. The two of you? <laughs> and our wives. Seriously? <laughs> I swear to God. You must have been drinking a lot of sake. Well, he said that it's, I drank the bill, but he, <laughs> well, that's he's part also, of it. He's also 600 pounds. No, man. but it's crazy expensive down there. Yeah. I mean, it really is my most expensive restaurant. I have to charge you know, $40 for a piece of fish. It's crazy. Why? why? Because Let me is... tell you what happens. The fish is there, right? Yeah. So they catch the grouper outside my door. They catch the grouper. They sell it to Miami. And then I have to buy it back from Miami. Are you shitting me? Oh, I'm not totally serious. That's the way it works. That's crazy. I get a couple of things that come in the, you know, the kitchen 
backdoor, but you know, like a fresh conch and all that. But I mean, for the most part, it's hard. Even like a mango is hard to find. And you're like, I'm in the Caribbean. You Seriously, know? yeah, that's fucking insane. Yeah. I yeah, I couldn't. Like it was expensive as shit when we were down there. But I, I definitely want to take my kids. Were you like a super like a super attentive dad? When down there? No, when you're a dad. Like when you? Oh were, yeah, when you were a dad. Yeah, I'm still a dad. I know, but you like now she's like in college or something. <laughs> no, she's right? 17. But she's uh, in high school. Yeah, she's in high school. But trust me, I'm I'm parenting now more than ever. Really? Oh, totally. She's got a boyfriend. She's driving. I mean, it comes with a whole set of. She lived with you or her mom? She lives with her mom, but I mean, she's with me all the time. I mean, she's gonna be, she's gonna be out here in L.A. Uh, Saturday morning. That's my. We're big. going to look at USC. Really? Yeah. We've she's she's already been to see it. She really really loves it. But I said, if you want, if you really like this school, like you need to go see it again. Yeah, you know, see it in the daylight. I don't, I don't even think she can get in, but it doesn't matter. Is she? Was she go to? Is she go to like a private school now? No, she goes to public school in, in Fairfield, Connecticut. God, like Louis C.K. Totally. Yeah, she's just, great, it was a great school. And by yeah. the way, it's free. Our kids chalk, go to public school. Chalk it up for me. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you for saving me half a million dollars in tuition. No, you don't with kids. I don't know. My wife wants to have a baby, and I'm down. Really? Yeah, totally. Absolutely, How, but the hours. I always wanted to work in a restaurant because the hours are the fucking best. It's like start what at like seven in like, the restaurant. Yeah, start at night. Seven at night two in the morning, right? There's no start, and you're in the, you're in the kitchen. There's no starting at seven at night. Really? No, you're there. I mean, most cooks work, you know, at least twelve hours a day. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, I'll just, maybe I'll just try to cook. It was a bad idea. Huh? Yeah. I was like, I just want to. I just want to hang out, drink after work, and have sex with the waitresses. All I want. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. There was, I bet there was a time where you were just going on a fucking tear. Well, of course. I mean, you have to understand. I was Mesa Grill. Lots of things were going on in 1991 for me. Um, Mesa Grill. I was 25 years old. I opened my first restaurant on Fifth Avenue, New York City. Um, I had a lot of exploring to do. <laughs> Anita Hill didn't exist. I mean, there's, you know, there was, it was, it was yeah. a different time, you know. But now, and it, for the better. I mean, there's a lot more people are much, much more respectful of each other in the workplace, and that's and that's the way it should be. Yeah, that's insane. What did uh, when now when you uh, you're promoting a book like out here in L.A. right yeah, now, right? Barbecue addiction. I'll put this up tonight, okay? So you can listen to it and go, oh, yeah, it sounds, sounds, sounds pretty yeah. Cool. I want to hear this. So yeah, I'll put it up. The uh, uh, tonight, I'm definitely putting it up. The now when you do a cookbook. Yeah, like how do you come up with, how do you come up with recipes? Like it never ends. Yeah, I mean, part of it is that you know I'm constant. Everything that I do is surrounded by one four-letter word: food. Right. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I have the restaurants. I have my cookbooks. I have my food TV shows. Yeah. Everything is about food. Okay. How busy are you? Every moment. Every single moment. Yeah. I'm just. I I just got to that. Moment, yeah. I think where I where I started realizing every moment that I'm awake, I'm accounted for doing something. You got to. How do you uh, what? How do you do it? Well, I have a lot of employees. Really, I have a lot of key people that work with me, but no one cares more than you do. So don't forget that you can't just hand it off. But like for instance, I have four assistants in my office. One of them is my personal assistant. One of them is my business assistant. She's been with Stephanie Banyan. She's been with me for 17 years. A lot of people know her because she was on Throwdown for five years with me. But she's like the gatekeeper, you know. Throwdown was such a great fucking thank you. Such a great, such a great premise. Thanks. I love that concept. My mom, my mom, literally the the day it aired, called. And she goes, "Have you seen Bobby play?" Bobby you know how I came up with it? How? I I mean, I have to give Ashton a little credit. Like I it was it was it was I was 
it was punked, you know. It was, that was the idea. It's such a simple idea. Yeah. And that's basically, I mean, obviously, it's not exactly that kind of idea, um, but I, I used it as inspiration. Really? Mm-hmm. And so you're like, I'll just have them cook theirs, and then I'll just show up, and then... I'll be like, oh, by the way, I'm here. Every time that you, they'd win, I'd go, that's fucking impossible. It's not impossible. But I was like, I'd much rather have you. We your... gave them every possibility to win. I really? mean, yeah, because it, I, I didn't want there to be a result. The Food Network like said to me, we're not picking the show up unless there's a result. Like I was romanced by the idea that you know, like you know, you know, you when you go to a good movie and you don't expect it to end, and then it fades to black, and you walk out of the theater thinking, man, what the fuck happened? Yeah, that's what I wanted the show to be. But of course, in these days of television, there has to be a result. result. Yep. So I was like, fine, we'll have a result. But I wasn't there to really beat up on people. I was there to showcase them. Yeah. Now, an Iron Chef, I want to crack your head open with a baseball bat. That's that clip. They that's show, different. They, that clip they show at every upfront <laughs> is you jumping up on the table. Yeah, it was twelve years what's ago. His name, what's his name? Moyamoto. Fucking pissed. Yeah, he got over it. He did. Yeah, he was. He wasn't right about that. He knows that. He was. He, yeah. he was saying that I disrespected. You know, he took me down like across Asia. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> oh my god! It was. A, it, but let me tell you something. It was. It was. It was a. Um, it was a serious moment in Food Network history. It changed the Food Network forever. It, it definitely it brought I, it into pop culture. Well, because they, they had Iron Chef with with just the Asian chefs. Yeah, I couldn't connect. Right, I, mostly because I was, didn't want to read it. Chefs were connecting. It was on at three thirty really? in the morning. We were like, "Yo, these guys are doing crazy shit with octopus." I mean, you know, yeah, you know, we were just basically geeking out on it. And then, and then, um, and then when I was challenged by them. It wasn't a Food Network event, by the way. It was Fuji. Food Network bought it after it was done, and it became the. It, it was the biggest um, airing of anything that they ever done by a magnitude of a thousand. So wait, where did they tape it? Did you, did you have to go to Asia? No, the first one was actually in New York at Webster Hall. Are you shitting me? No. So and the, the rematch was in Tokyo. I beat him in the rematch. So the so. For those of you who don't know, for the people that are listening, they're like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" Yeah, Iron Chef was a huge. It was. It was Food Network's. I'd say great uh, growth. What was was um, cooking shows? It was cooking shows. It was like and the then, chef behind the stove. Yeah, and basically, you know, that was basically it. Maybe some travel. Some start. Rachel I, had a couple travel. Well, shows. I had a travel. Show. I started that genre on Food Network. It was a show called Food Nation. Oh, and I yeah. did 110 of them or something like that. And then everybody else kind of followed. And I'm not saying I created it. Well, you've but been to the network 17 years. So, yeah. Like, I did. I've done a lot of shit there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I traveled the country through food called Food Nation. And then a bunch of other talent did their own version of travel shows. But that was basically, that was the breakout in terms of Food Network because at first, all their primetime shows, and me included, they were cooking shows, you know? That's so fucking insane. So so then, so what happened is, I always check this to make sure it's just recording, that's all. It's obsessive compulsiveness. So um, um, so then, what happened was, they uh, Food Network acquired Iron Chef. They, they didn't acquire Iron Chef. Really? Fuji, Net, Fuji Television, yeah. which is in Tokyo, called Tim Zagat. From Zagat Survey, the there's really a dude named Zagat. Yeah, Tim Zagat, and that's how you say it. Yeah, it's either Zagat or Zagat. I've, I've never, I've never, yeah. I've, I've always stayed away from it because I didn't know how to say it. And I didn't yeah. know that was a real dude. Okay, so they said we want to go up against the quintessential American chef. Oh, dude, and he's like it's Bobby Flay. So Shut. they decided that they were going to try to find me through Food Network. Most people would call me through my restaurants, but they're over there in Tokyo. They're like, all right, Food yeah. Network. 
So the programming person there at the time, Eileen Opetot, calls me and says, listen, I just got to pass this message along. I'm sure you're not going to be interested, but the people from Iron Chef called. They want you to, they want to challenge you with one of their chefs. I was like, what do you mean? I'm in. I'm totally down for that. No, like, is that your personality? Did you me? Competitive? Oh, totally. Really? I was an athlete my whole life. What sports? Baseball, basketball, and track. Baseball. I was big baseball. Yeah. So I always liked, you know, I, I was always competitive. Yeah. So I was like, I'm, give me the phone number. So we call them, and, and, it be, and then, you know, a month and a half later, we have this battle at Webster Hall. And it was insane because Webster Hall, if you don't know, is like this old, old nightclub. Yeah. And they basically built this kitchen for millions of dollars. Um, you know, this makeshift kitchen, basically, kitchen stadium. And the thing starts, okay, and it's rock crab, which is kind of like a Dungeness crab. And <laughs> the funny part was that they had like one of those big disco balls at the, at the top of the thing, and the, and the top of it came off. They put all the crab in the disco ball so that the disco ball was actually lowered to the ground, and then that's, that's what they revealed. I know. It was awesome. <laughs> like, it couldn't be more Holy campier. It was, it was awesome. Awesome. Anyway, so it's rock crab. So five minutes into it, now you have to imagine, it's Iron Chef. My adrenaline is through the roof. I've been thinking about this for six weeks. Do you have a glass of wine before you start? Nope. Stone sober. Totally stone okay. sober. Yeah. And I was just completely focused, and my adrenaline was through the roof. Five minutes into the battle, 60-minute battle, five minutes into the battle, I stick my hand into a food processor, and I almost slice my thumb off. I have one hand for 55 minutes because I have my other hand. My whole hand is wrapped in a towel to yep. keep my thumb together, and it's just a nightmare. And then the sinks leaked, okay? I'm standing, in my, I'm standing up to my ankles, literally, in water. The wires for the ovens are running through the water. I get electrically shocked. I get thrown 10 feet when I put my hand on a stainless steel table. Really? I mean, and it went right through my cut. I mean, it was like my mother was there crying in the audience. She was like, what are they doing to my son? Like, like the, she thought they were sabotaging She thought me. they were sabotaging you, yeah. Totally. Look at that squirrel. The squirrel just sits out there. When you look at that squirrel, you think to yourself, that's cool. I think yeah. habanero chilies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my wife would be like, oh, my wife grew up eating That's squirrel. the fattest squirrel I've seen, I've seen in a long time. We feed it almonds, like hands full of almonds. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. All right, cool. Oh, it's gonna, it would be fucking so hard healthy to eat that squirrel. All right, anyway. So, anyway, long story short, I, I feel like I was getting my ass kicked all over the place. But And my sous chefs are pissed off. And they're like, let's walk off. I go, walk off. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. So, we finish the dishes. How, how long do you really have in real time? 60 minutes. Real? Oh, totally real. Okay. Absolutely. I, trust me, I wouldn't compete in that if it was bullshit. I just wouldn't do it. People, yeah. I, I, I understand why people ask all the time. It's real. Yeah. So, um, and so like, the, you know, the reporter's like, oh, it's the comeback kid. I mean, I was dead in the water. So the fact that we got our dishes finished with like 10 seconds ago, we were like so thrilled. At this point, we were like, win or lose, who cares? Yeah. Like just the fact that we finished, we were so, we felt so accomplished. It was Iron Chef, you know? Yeah. So my, the crowd's going crazy. Crowd's going nuts. It's a, it's a New York crowd. Well, they brought in all Iron Chef fans, like cult Iron Chef fans, because they wanted those people to really go crazy. Yeah, we took the we took the crowd back at the end because of what was we went through and yeah. we got it done. And my so the so my sous chefs lift me up and they put me on top of the table and I'm raising my arms and just by coincidence, literally, I'm standing on the cutting board. Yeah, I didn't even know it. 
Okay? Yeah. It's on the table. <laughs> Report, okay, it's over. Reporter goes over to her, to Morimoto, who I didn't really know at that time. Yeah. And says, how do you think your competitor did? did? And he says in broken English, he's no chef. And she said, what are you talking about? He said, he stood on the cutting board. In Japan, the cutting board is sacred to us. Creates international issue right Holy. away. CNN was there, Newsweek, Time. Everybody wrote stories. I mean, I could not answer my phone. Really? We, oh, we were just being inundated like we were the ugly American. Judy Gerard, who was the president of the Food Network at that time, called me up the next day and she goes, I'm going to tell you something. You just changed the Food Network forever and I will always remember that. She said, I know you're going to take it on the chin, but don't worry about it. And that's what so happened. So wait, you're, now, now you're, are you depressed about this? I was like bummed because I was like, wait a minute. I was just competing. I was like, you know, yeah. I, was, I had my athletic juices running. Yeah. I was cooking. I know I cut myself. I know I almost died from an you know, electrical shock. I get it. But we finished our dishes. I'm happy. Now you're dogging me about being a chef because I stood on the cutting board? Okay, whatever. Um, and then uh, a huge, huge media, you can imagine. I, I huge. can't. I, when, I was in, when I was in college, I told you this the other day, Rolling Stone wrote that article about me. And it was big. I mean, it was like a six and a half page article. And it was basically, you know, I took a shit on a pizza box to win an election. I was, I was a lunatic. And my parent, like, I, and I remember being, laying in my bed going, oh, shit, yeah. I really fucked up. Like, and then it turned out for the better, obviously. But were you like, was that how you felt? I felt, I felt, I didn't feel like I fucked up. I feel like I got fucked. Yeah. That, like, wait a minute. I mean, people that thought about it for a second were like, what are you talking about? In America, if something good in the stadium happens, we stand up. Yeah. Like, what's the big deal? Well, now you look at it and you go, like, they show that at every fucking upfront. I know. And it's that moment where you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. That's because, especially for like the 20, uh, 20 year anniversary for Food Network, they've, they keep asking me questions like for a tape, like, when did Food Network change? To me, that's when it changed. That yeah. was one of the moments. It's changed a lot. But that was one of the moments where it really just took a, a left turn. Well, it, it, right after that, I think, it, it started. Well, I know that Americans started competing in Iron Chef. Well, then, then, <clears throat> then we, we created Iron Chef America. They bought the franchise rights. And Brooke Johnson, who's the president of the Food Network still to this, to this day, said to me, if you want to do this, we're going to buy it. But you have to participate. I was like... She's like, you know, you're the Iron Chef that everybody yeah. knows. I'm like, yeah, totally. She's like, who do you want on your team? So and then we, that's and then we did it. I saw the one. I saw the one with uh, you, Giada. Oh yeah, and Rachel and Emerald. Yeah, th- 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 those are <clears throat> those are not my favorite ones. They really? rate really high. Those are my favorite ones. They are. Yeah, because yeah, well, I like like um, you know, I'm I, I'm just a huge fan of the network. So like those when I see those personalities, when you see the uh, veneer get pulled back and you see you guys really cooking, yeah, it's fun. Like I can like. It's almost like watching uh, like voyeur porn. Like, you know? No, I understand. I understand. I mean, like I, I like the ones that are just kind of hardcore. Yeah. You know, Jada and, and Rachel, uh, well, at least, you know, Jada's worked in professional kitchen. She's actually worked for Wolfgang Puck. But, you know, Rachel says, will tell you straight out, like, I'm not a chef. I'm a home cook. Yeah. You know, so um, I think that Kitchen Stadium is a place for hardcore cooks. And I understand that why the Food Network does those stunts sometimes because they're fun. Yeah. But, um, and they get great ratings. Oh, fuck yeah. And Giada was pissed that we lost. It was me and Giada against Rachel and Mario. Oh, it was Mar- yeah, it was Mario. Yeah, but the best one ever was the White House one. It was me and the White House chef. I picked her. Shut the fuck against up. Against Emerald Who's and the White Mario. House chef? Her name is uh, Christetta Comerford. She's How been there for a long job? time. 
I don't know. You have to ask her. She's been there for like three administrations. Really? So the secret ingredient, Michelle Obama gave us the White House um, garden. So we all went to the White House, picked our vegetables, and it was amazing. Really? Yeah, it was a great. I think that's probably the most, the highest rated show ever. Really? Yeah. And so how much do you think the White House chef makes a year? More than the average chef? No. Really? Listen, the president oh, yeah. doesn't <laughs> even make that about? much. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, I mean... It's a, it's it's a it's a, it's a job of prestige. She does a great job, um, but it's a lot of hard work. But you're the you're the chef of the White House, yo. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. That's that. What's that? Why, what's that like? Gotta be like considering drop out of school at seventeen and you start cooking in what? Like uh, I can't imagine seventeen you started cooking in pizzerias. No, I, I worked in a restaurant called Joe Allen's, which is an American restaurant in New York. Joe Allen's, and yeah. then you're one day. Picking vegetables in the White House. Yeah, that was that's pretty cool. I cooked in the White House along with President Obama for like twenty five minutes. He was like grilling with me. You could check it out if you go, if you go to CNN and Google like Obama and Flay. There's an unbelievable video. It's like and it's it wasn't even meant to happen. So it's like it's kind of grainy. Um, it just he just kind of came over. He's like, "What are we doing?" And for like twenty minutes, he like grills with me. Does he? Does he? Is he hanging out, or is he like totally? St- is he still like totally well, hanging, Bobby? No, absolutely hanging. Really? Yeah, absolutely hanging. He was That's great. Got to be so that was surreal. Cool. That was totally surreal. I was like, okay, wow, I'm grilling with the leader of the free world. Got it. Better make sure this chicken. Make sure cooked. you, yeah. <laughs> make sure you season that with salt and pepper, Mr. President. On both sides. <laughs> he was great. That's was great. crazy. Who's the best cook on the Food Network? Uh, I think, you know, I think that, uh, Michael Simon is a great cook. Yeah, I, I did. He's uh, a good friend of mine. I did, um, uh, Good Morning America and he was on there and he was like, and they were like, oh, want, he's going to go over there. Bert, why don't you take over the grill? He was, it was, I think mopping something. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, yeah. And then I did it and you could see him as he was doing his thing, looking at me like he's doing it wrong. Yeah, he but he's cool. Yeah, he was really cool. Jeffrey really Zakarian, cool. Jeffrey Zakarian, he's the new Iron Chef. He's been a friend of mine forever. He's a really great cook too. Really, I mean, you know, there's a handful of us who are actually chefs in the network now. I mean, because a lot of people are not professional chefs in the network. You know, they're hosts and yeah. they have their own thing. I mean, um, so it used to be only chefs. Now there's only a handful of real chefs on the network. Yeah, it's well, I, I I've eaten Rachel's food. I like her food. Yeah, but she makes it for you. Like when you go to do her show, she'll make you like chili or something. I mean, I've been Rachel's a good friend of mine. We yeah. used to, I used to um, I go to her house all the time. She's awesome cook. She's a great. She's a cool chick. Yeah, I, I've I've always got it. I'm doing a uh, tough mutter with her Tuesday. You are. Yeah. You get electrically shocked doing that, right? Yeah, yeah. Simon wanted me to do that. I was like, no fucking way. You should come over. I'm you should come over. No chance. Come over Tuesday dude. in New York. I'd rather run a marathon. Seriously? Yeah, I've done three of them. Three marathons? Yeah, in New York. New York uh, yeah, I'm never doing a marathon. Why? Because I don't. I, I can't sit and just think for like. Let me ask you a question. Do you watch shoot. football? Yeah, of course. On Sundays? Yeah. Yeah. How many hours do you spend watching football? Yeah, very twelve. Different. Very different. Very you different. can run three marathons in the time you can watch. You know, three football games. If you put a screen on the back of a truck, I can jog and follow that truck. But I can't just. I love it. that idea. It's a great idea. Ooh, that is a good idea. The Super Bowl marathon. Wait a minute. What a great idea. Let me tell you something, because in my head, see, listen, you have to play mind games with yourself in terms of running a marathon. It's just too long and grueling. Yeah. So what I think about literally is like, I'm okay, it's one game, one football game. So I try to like play a game in my head. All right, first quarter, you know, uh, Peyton Manning, he's he's got the ball, whatever. 
And so it just so it makes the time go by. Yeah. But if you had somebody in front of you with the game on, <laughs> yeah. that'd be way better. Just on the back of their shirt. If you yes. just put a big rig with a TV on the back of it. This is like the greatest idea in the history. And, of and you run a marathon. It's the Super Bowl marathon. I love it. And it doesn't even matter where you go. Cause you, can't use the, you definitely can't use the term Super Bowl because it'll sue you. The, the, big, the game. big game. The big game marathon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's one show you pitched at Food Network or pitched somewhere that you thought was a great idea and everyone passed on it? Oh, they pass on my ideas about once a week. Really? Yes. I have so many. I have. I had a. I pitched a show called "Can I Kidnap Your Child?" Yeah. Where I How go? I go. No, nah, they passed. Yeah. Not travel, but it was uh, to Spike. They were like, "We're looking for something out of the box." I was like, "I got something really out of the fucking box." Great idea. They passed. Really? Yeah. It was. It was it's all about child safety, teaching a child how to be safe. Ultimately, so I go, "Can I kidnap your child?" And then I go and I see if I can kidnap their child. Not, but like, just like go, hey, like. I you know it's a great idea. It's, it's like it's like it's one of those things that you like you're afraid to watch, but you have to watch it. Yeah, and then once I get the kid, that's when the game show starts because right. you got to negotiate the safe release of your child, and if you do, you get the uh, ransom. Oh, it's money. a game show. Yeah, it's a game show, part okay. game show. But uh, I've pitched a lot of like really really out of the box ideas where they're always. I told you I pitched to Food Network. Something's burning. Yeah, I love that. I, I thought it was great. I was like, yeah. I was, And then I had like, they were like, well, we can't just have someone who can't cook on our network. Well, by the way, you wouldn't be the first. So <laughs> so, so, when did you pitch that? Uh, there was a woman named Ronnie. It was a long time ago. Repitch it. Really? Yeah, the cooking channel might like that. Yeah. Just guy who can't Repitch cook. Repitch it. You know, I always say like if, if, you, if somebody, if you pitch something like last year, like the people you pitch to probably aren't there anymore. Yeah, it's, and that's what it comes down to. And you never know what you know what people are into. Yeah, is that now what what is your podcast going to be? Have you My thought about podca- it? I have. You're not someone who just sits around and just drinks wine and just daydreams. I'm not doing that. Yeah, you are someone who I have a lot to say because um, I'm just a guy and yeah. like I just happen to cook. So like you know, twenty years ago you're like you're a guy and you cook. Like what's wrong with you? You know now that's obviously changed. What a weird, by the way, what a weird stroke of coincidence that your life kind of is that you that like if you had said if you had put down your first seventeen years on paper yeah. and given it something for someone to read like an adult a man to read that was fifty years old he go this kid will never fucking make it yeah of course but then you look at it and it's almost like. You helped define a genre, a genre that is so fucking overwhelming now. There are people going to culinary school. Like, everyone has gone to culinary school now, it seems like. That's true. Um, but a lot of times, I feel like they're going to culinary school for the wrong reasons. They're going to culinary school to so that famous. they can be a rock star. They get the tattoos first and then go to culinary school. Right. They get tattoos, a bottle of sriracha, and a culinary, <laughs> and a culinary diploma. So good. And they're like, can I have a TV show now? No wait. How? When was the first time you had sriracha? First time ever. Like that no, you were like, "Whoa, this is pretty good shit." Do you like sriracha? Yeah, I love it. No, when was the first time you had it? I don't know. Fifteen years ago. Okay, now what's the thing that's fifteen years ahead? Like where you're like, well, you know what I've just run into? Yeah, Harissa's getting big. Really, Harissa. Do you know what that is? No. Think of tomato paste with a lot of flavor and spice. It's Tunisian, actually. Really. You've never had Teresa, a Harissa? You'd no. love it because it's got a lot of flavor. You know, it's made with tomatoes and chilies and garlic and all that and, and spices. You should, you should definitely check it out. Fish sauce is my new thing. Okay. It replaces salt. Yeah. I love fish sauce. I put that on fucking everything. Okay. Wait. Go back. Let's go back to your podcast. So, so this is how it started. We were talking in the back. We were talking with uh, Allison and we we're kind of shooting the shit and I was talking about podcasts and, you, and I saw your eyes light up and you were like, that's what I want to do. I'll tell you why. I love radio. You did a show on XM. Or serious, maybe. Yeah, I did. Yeah. How'd you know that? I have serious XM. 
Okay. I have both of them. I'm, I had I'm a obsessed. show called Bobby Flay Radio. We yeah. did, I think, five or eight two-hour specials. And we loved it. It was, it was amazing. I had my wife on. My wife did um, something. I forget what it was called. It was something like, like, like the... Um, it was about... Trying to get guys to understand what women what women really want, whether oh, it's Lord. food, romance, sex, gifts, whatever it is, and she would she would basically say, "All right, listen, if you want to not act like an idiot, do this." Yeah, you know, this is what we really really want to see or hear. Um, my buddy, who's my business partner, Lawrence, he would do like the sports. He'd come in and chime in in the sports. And we would talk about it was called Bobby Flay Radio. We talked about food. We talked about sports. We talked about life as a guy. Well, that's where you're. I, I hate using the term brand because it's it's because as comics we always we always veer away from that. But I can't help but use the words. It's the right thing because your brand is just for dudes like you. And I told, I told you this. Don't underestimate my fandom because you're the reason I bought that grill. You're the reason I got into grilling. You're the reason I know how to grill a fucking flank steak. You're the reason I can how, how I know how to push and test the tenderness of if it's medium rare. Okay, yeah, you're yeah. paying attention. Yeah, oh, a hundred percent. But that you, I, I never, I never watched your show and thought, oh, he'd be a bore to hang out with. Right. Like you, you know, you're the kind of guy that you like, and that that you see on Entourage, and everyone goes, oh shit, it's Bobby Flay. Like right. you get excited. Yeah. So it's you're not, you're not, you're just a dude. Yeah, totally. I mean. And I and it's really funny because and it, one of the things that I love to hear my friends say is like Bobby like hasn't changed at all. He's the same guy. Yeah. He's just I mean, people. You know, sometimes people recognize him when he walks down the street. Like I don't think of, you know, people say, "Oh, you have all this notoriety." It's a fucking job, dude. It's like don't think of it that way. It's I get up in the morning and I do my job. I show up on time. I just I just remembered the most embarrassing thing I'm going to say. What you were you do you're doing a TV show. This is so embarrassing. You're doing a TV show in the farmers market in L.A. It was in like 99. Probably Food Nation. Probably Food Nation. And you were wearing a V-neck white shirt. I still have it. <laughs> but my roommate came home and he was like, dude, Bobby Flay is rocking a V-neck white shirt. We're going to start walking. No. I swear to God. Swear to God. I love that. My buddy Lorenzo, my buddy Lorenzo's chick had a crush on you. I think you almost talked. I think you might have talked to them on camera. Really? I swear to God, I think you might have talked to them on camera. If I had my phone, I'll fucking call Lorenzo and ask him. I don't think I had my phone. Did he have a cute wife? Cute, very hot chick. Oh, then I definitely yeah. talked to her. I think he talked to him on on air, but he came back and he was like, "Bobby Flay was rocking a white V neck." And white I was like, V-neck. "Shut up!" V necks weren't that V necks. No one was rolling with V necks then. So keep going. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. I'm the worst at fucking any semblance of kind of consistency. That's right. No, no. I mean, so so I so when you said podcast, yeah. I go radio. It's free form. You can say whatever you want. You're producing. You're. You're you're just creating all the content. That's yeah. what I I love that. Like I like radio more than television. It's it's a lot freer of my voice. It's definitely who you I am. You have to paint the picture, man. Yeah, I like telling stories. Yeah, I'm totally down with it. And I don't. I'm not afraid to tell bad stories about stuff that happened to me. I mean, I don't. You know, things happen. I like the bad ones. I like to drink bourbon. I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to sit around and drink a glass. Well, I, I'll drink wine. I'll drink wine and bourbon. I'll drink a bottle <laughs> of wine right now. Are you kidding me? Totally. The uh, you want me to? Sure. Oh, fine, perfect. So wait, so um. Oh, that's right. I forgot. This is the man cave. Yeah. Here, keep a. Uh, so, so okay. what do you think this podcast? Wait, tell everyone exactly where they can get your book. Oh, okay. Uh, well, obviously, Amazon.com. It's Barbecue Addiction, and it's the same title as uh, one of my shows, uh, Barbecue Addiction, on Food Network. And um, you know what? You know what I've been grilling on a lot. Uh, you talk. Yep. The big green egg. 
I'm not. I have no affiliation with it. People are like, "Oh, you must be selling them." I don't care. They're they're just awesome machines. Low and slow, quick grilling, whatever it is. It's the, it's all about the uh, the insulation of it. This it's it's this thing called Komodo cooking. It's this Japanese style of of, of cooking. Yeah, and it's a Komodo cooker. Basically, that's how they they were inspired by it. Uh, thanks for the wine, by the way. Cheers. Cheers. Nice to be in the in the man cave here. With Bert. No, it's so funny because you talked about the green, big green egg to me. And my uncle has one. And, and, and everybody swears by it. Yeah. If you have it, you swear by it. You're like, fucking big green egg. That thing is amazing. Because you know why? It makes us all look really good. Really? Yeah. It's set it and forget it. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's amazing. It, all, it makes everybody look really good. And you don't have to be that good to, to, to make something good out of it. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get one. I'm gonna totally get one. I'm, I have the, to. I like the I the one thing that I love about my grill is it's quick. Like if I want to do a steak or a salmon, you can do the same thing on this salmon. You you, I, you also taught me how to cook salmon. You know the big fucking the moment where I was like, "Where's Bobby Flay?" I tried grilling fucking uh, catfish. No. Oh, just. Well, the other thing is that it's catfish is always like waterlogged. Yeah. And so it's 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 tough to get marks on that. Uh, it was a nightmare. You I blew it up a on fire, the grill. Started a fire. Yeah. I was like, son of a bitch. This is a nightmare. So, uh, so yeah, I want to get a big green egg. You got to do it. Yeah. No, uh, can you, are you big, like, can you tell good wine or? Can I tell good wine? Like, can you go, oh, that's a good wine or do you? Yeah, but I think that the most important thing about wine is it's really simple because wine is not, the difference between wine and champagne, for instance, mm-hmm. like champagne, you know by tasting it if it was expensive or not. Okay, there is definitely a correlation. Yeah. Wine, no. It's it's like art. Okay, forget about like Miro and Picasso and all those things that you where you're just paying for a lot of brand recognition, right? Yeah. You can find a beautiful piece of art that you love that costs ten dollars. Yeah. Okay. Or you can find one that you hate for a hundred million. Um, it's the same thing with wine. I mean, wine doesn't necessarily correlate with its price. Still wine. So. When I first took my very first wine class years and years ago, Windows in the World, this guy Kevin Zarelli, he still does it. It's an amazing wine class for anybody who wants to learn the basics of wine. Basically, what he taught you was if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you know, you learn sort of the basics of it, but I don't sit around trying to figure out the grape varietal. I could care yeah. less. I would love to own a vineyard. I, I like. I have those. I'm. I've, I'm one of those people. I'm unlike you. Like I'm sure you lay in bed with like a notepad or like, or you constantly text yourself ideas or send messages to your assistant. I lay in bed and I dream about the day when I can buy a fucking vineyard in France and retire, or like, or buy a boat, or I want to really buy a castle in Scotland. Like I don't. I am so unfucking focused in life. It's ridiculous. I think that's very focused because you have a you have a goal. A lot of people yeah, don't have goals. They're pipe dreams. They're not really not. goals. Why are they Why are they pipe dreams? Because I, I I would know nothing about starting a you fucking. You know what? Vineyard. Let me let me tell you something. What? I always say this. I always just say to my friends, like they see some beautiful girl that was spectacular. Yeah. You know, in a bar, and then and they'd be like, oh, "There's no way I can get this girl." Okay. By the way, somebody has to have sex with them. Yeah. Right. So somebody has to own that castle in Scotland. Somebody has to start a vineyard in Sonoma. Yeah. Why can't it be you? I'd fucking do that in a heartbeat. 
Seriously. I'd love to do shit like that. But like still do stand up, I have a vineyard. That would be so bad. You ever see the movie that where Russell Crowe inherits a vineyard from his like grandfather? No. What movie was uh, it? someone's right whenever you listen to a podcast, you know the answer of what they're talking about, but when you're doing one, you're like, How can I figure that out? <laughs> Russell Crowe uh, inherits a vineyard, starts playing tennis, cleans the pool, and yeah, that's the cliff notes. Okay. But uh it's I, I saw that and I was like, fuck, I want one of those so bad. I also want a dragon. I'm obsessed with Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch the show. Oh, are you shitting me? My wife loves it. Yeah. Now, um, now, do you do you have any plans on acting? Acting past what no, you did? I can't act. You were fucking awesome on Entourage. Uh, listen, dude, I had two lines in that scene. Well, the most well known scene of that of that season was um, that I was in. Was <laughs> do you one- know? Do you know Jeremy Piven? I know him from there. That's it. Yeah. God, you guys, you guys went back and forth like you guys yeah, fucking. Dude, but you have to, if you watch it closely, trust me, he does it all. I mean, the guy's an incredible actor. We must have done that scene 15 to 20 times. And every time he came in the door, he changed the words. Really? And the sentiment and his, his emotion. I was like, this guy's fucking genius. I mean, he was amazing. Really? And I was like, back off, Ari. I mean, I had like two lines. I could barely remember them. <laughs> You know, I just knew that I had to get a little gangster on him and just kind of let him know, like, right now I'm I'm hanging out with your wife, dude, in your house. Like, I knew, like, that – first of all, I you you know that that um, creates basically anger in a, in a guy where he has oh, the strength yeah. of 30 men. So you, so you have to be aggressive. I knew that part of it. But that's about it. Like, this guy is an incredible actor. I mean, yeah. amazing. He, I met him at a bar. I met him at a bar uh, in New York a long, long time ago when I first started doing stand up. Yeah. He was drinking with the dude who directed. He's a director now. I forget the guy's name. And uh, they Do were. Do you remember anything? No. <laughs> I fucking. I can barely piece together last night. The I, although it did entail Game of Thrones. The um, fuck. I forget the guy's name. But he was in a, a ski movie. <laughs> Did you see? He's a big director now, and he's like he's directed a uh, fuck. I wish I could remember names. Anyway. Uh, and they were both really fucking cool. Like mm-hmm. I, you'd expect him to be a dick. Really fucking cool. Yeah, I was like just some kid. And I was like, oh my god, you're the guy from the ski movie. You like, know, I yeah. think that that's part of the problem is that you know, especially like if you have if you're a guy, you have any testosterone at all, you're on TV. If you have notoriety, right away, people are gonna think you're not cool. Like, well, you probably get that because I get a lot. Really? Like, yeah. And, and and I'm a pretty laid back guy. Yeah, you know I'm just. I mean, we we were hanging out the other night. I mean, you know, I hope I didn't offend you in some way. Not at all. I mean, you taught me a very interesting lesson, and that, that was listen. Yeah, I don't fucking listen ever. It's important. I'm a bad listener, and you were listening, and I was watching you listen, and I was like, shit, I start. My buddy Tom Segura was like, yeah, you never listen to fucking soul. Yeah, well, I mean, and I think I think that there's two things that I've learned lately in the last ten years, which is listening is really important because. When you're a teenager, you don't want to listen to anything or anybody. Um, and then uh, also silence is really powerful. Very powerful. Mm-hmm. In the, uh, silence in, 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 the, uh, in the moment of negotiation, shut the hell up. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh. Let people reveal themselves to you. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucked. <laughs> I'm so fucked. Have you ever had, have you ever had, uh, have you ever had like uh, douchey celebrities come to your restaurant and, and fucking show their ass? Show their ass. Meaning, what do you mean? Like, just like you see. Oh, the that side they're not cool. Yeah, like I have a story about Gene Simmons where I met him, and he was the biggest jerk I've ever met in my entire life. You know, listen, I think that when celebrities come into the restaurant, I mean, the one thing that I 
always try to do is protect them from everybody else. Yeah. Because I want them to be customers. I don't want them to be the celebrity in my restaurant. I want them to have a normal time. I want them to sit down, have a glass of wine, order their appetizer and have dessert or not and just be a customer like the rest of us. Yeah. And so I try to protect them at, at, at you know as much as we can. We don't really let people try to go up to the tables yeah. as much as we can. We don't tackle them, but we, we try to discourage it. And then every once in a while, somebody will come up to a table and um, there'll be a celebrity. They'll be like, look, you know, I'm having dinner. Yeah. And I don't blame them for feeling that way. But at the same time, you have to understand your place in the world. This is, you've chosen this. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're a public figure. I always say, like, if you ever feel like you're having that day where you don't want to talk to somebody who wants to come up and talk to you and who's really excited to see you, it's, it's a lot easier to take the moment and say hi than explain to them why you don't want to talk to them. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. Like, every, not everybody's going to always have a good day, but for that person, it's, it's a really important moment. It's a really them. big moment. And you should give it to them. It's totally fine. Do you ever turn down pictures? Never. I've never turned down a picture once in my life. I mean, um, I've asked not to be photographed with my daughter. Yeah. Not that anybody listens, but yeah. you try. Yeah, I will. I don't. Th- I don't think. I- yeah. Yeah. I, I, my kids would get excited. My kid, the first time I got recognized, like really recognized, I was doing Birth Conqueror on Travel Channel, and I was in Magic Johnson's Fridays. Oh, uh, okay. Down, uh, down near, down near the airport. Yeah. And I walk in, and uh, these black dudes are sitting at the bar, and one of them recognizes me. And getting recognized by black people is so much better than getting recognized <laughs> by white people. He just starts going, "Oh shit!" Like literally losing his mind. It's like it's Birth Conqueror, and he comes over and is. Wants to take a picture, and then all the other guys. Every, now everyone wants to get a picture. They don't even know who I am, but they're like, "He's famous. I want a picture with him." I wasn't even famous. It's just one guy recognized me. Yeah. So it's all these black dudes. It was because it's Sunday football. I was coming home from a gig where I didn't have to do Sunday, and uh, and then we go to the table, and the manager comes in, who's black, and comps our meals, and <laughs> says everything's taken care of, Mr. Kreischer. We appreciate you got your you coming into Magic Johnson's Fridays, and I was like, great. My daughters only thought that black people loved me <laughs> they didn't realize that they just were like so every time they'd see a black person they'd be like daddy daddy look look i'm like stop it so yeah but they but that my kids are my kids now if, if i get recognized by a person in front of my kids my kids will mock the person recognizing me or try to make me uncomfortable right they'll be like oh my god yeah exactly you're so famous dad yeah no, I know. My daughter, like, she's grown up with it. So at this point, she's like, she kind of rolls her eyes at me. She can, yeah. can like, she cook? Not really. She's not interested. Really? No. She's, she wants to be in the fashion industry. She's like, I got, she, like, and people always say to her, are you going to be a chef like your dad? And she's like, why? We have that covered. Like, my, my, <laughs> she's smart. She's like, I'm going to take care of another part of this deal. Like, I'm going to be in the fashion industry. She's totally, she's totally got it wired. You know, she's, um, listen, what, what does she need to learn how to cook for? She can eat all, all my restaurants anytime she wants. Yeah. She brings her friends, you know, she shows off a little bit. She has a great time. And I love the fact that look, as a you have a you have any daughters? Two. Yeah, two, yeah. they're yeah. both two. daughters. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, both of them. You know, young girls at food sometimes don't get along, you know? Mm-hmm. And I love the oh, fact shit. I never a, even thought about that. Yeah, it's a big thing because I expose Sophie to food, obviously all kinds of foods and ingredients very early in her life, basically from day one. And what it's done is it's given her a really good relationship with food. So she looks at food as a friend, not a foe. Yeah. And it's really it, – listen, 
you know, everybody has everybody has some issue here and there, but that one it seems like we've been able to push aside. That's my biggest fear is my daughters will have some sort of eating disorder because yeah. I'm like, because it, it's unlike alcohol, you can just stop drinking. You got to eat three meals a day, yep. and if you have a problem with it, it makes my. Well, I have a, a, someone in my family is going through that, and it's a fucking nightmare. It, it, it's it's very frustrating because the only person that can help them is themselves. Yeah, there's and, nothing you can say that's going to make them eat more, and it's and something in their head. It's just yeah. like an obsessive compulsive thing where you can't you can't fix it. That's fucking crazy. Did you like making like grilled cheese and shit when they were kids? When she yeah. was a kid, I make. Listen, she. You know, she brings all her friends, like now she has a boyfriend, but she brings all her girlfriends in my house. And it's like, dad, break out the chocolate chip pancakes. I'm like, all right, you still want chocolate chip pancakes? She's like, yeah. Okay, no problem. You got it. I don't care. I'm her short order cook. God, that must be, oh, that must be badass. Just be like, dad, surprise us. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, when she comes out to my, I have a house in, in the Hamptons. And so in the summer when she brings all her girlfriends out, it's like, you know, there's like 18 of them. I don't know. How, and they're all named Caitlin. And, you know, and it's like, and, and they have seven changes of, of, of bathing suits for the pool all day. And it's insane. And they, they just want to know what's, what are we eating next? I'm, I stand at the island of my kitchen all, all, all day long and I just cook for them. And really? it, honestly, I love it. Oh, I bet. I just love it. That, has, has, has she ever, has she like, has alcohol, is that, did the kids drink at that they age? They drink, yeah. Yeah, because I did. But I don't know. Like, yeah, and, and I have very honest conversations with her. She tells me exactly you know when she like she she wasn't drinking until very recently and then she started drinking a little bit but um i know when she's drinking and when she's not she yeah. tells me and and and, and, and you listen it's it is what it is all you can do is hope to raise them responsibly like i'm always nervous when my kids are like when they find any bit of my history out and they're like or google me and they're like dad you took acid and went to disneyland and i have like, i have two shit. i have two rules of death for sophie and she knows them what's that and it's been this way for a long time one is um, if you get on a motorcycle ever, you're dead. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. Now, I know a lot of people love riding motorcycles. Yeah. The stats are really against you. Oh. I mean, it's I've like, seen, It's like the stats of skydiving. It's awful. And then, and then the other, I said, look, if you, you have two choices. You can get on one, but if you don't die on it, I'm going to kill you when you get off. So you have no shot. Yeah. She totally understands that. And then the other one is an obvious one, but it's one I always keep talking to her about, which is if she ever gets into a car with somebody that's been drinking, she's dead. Well, it's now it doesn't even make sense why people would do that because there's you can just get a taxi or a car service and 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 it's there in her town there were kids who were always available to drive them there's a, there's a service I used to be a part of that service in Tallahassee yeah it's an amazing thing it was a safe escort but kids still get into these fucking cars I don't fucking know it's why. Because they, they get pressured. But Sophie, I would say, knock on wood, she doesn't get peer pressured by the stuff like that. Like, yeah. she's too afraid of having something bad happen to her. So she's like, hell no, I'm not doing that. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. So so uh, when are you going to start your podcast? As soon as I can get this equipment. How much is the equipment going to cost me? Not much. I can afford it. Okay. What's that big globe thing called? That's a, that's a, that's a blue ball, I think. <clears throat> and that I use to tape my. Oh, intros. I have two of those. Okay, really? so no. <laughs> so, Wait, you're the comic, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm so fucking. I, that's me listening. The right. uh, that's the first time I listen. So this is my board, and I run all my mics out in and out of here. Now, if you want, you and you may have this at your office. You may have equipment there. Like I that. don't. Okay, you can just get mics like this. Run them right into this board, right into that Zoom, and then pull the card out and slide it in. My buddy Sam Roberts is a producer over at Opie and Anthony. I said I'm going to set you guys up. He's going to go up to your office, find out what you're looking to do, and then he'll, him and your assistant can yeah. go out and buy all the stuff, take it back. It won't cost a lot. All right, perfect. Like this, I think the Zoom was like 200 bucks, maybe. That's great. And this board as is As long like as it's simple to operate, because I'm so tech. Dude, 
like retarded. All you do is all you do is hit record and and it, it starts recording and, okay. it's, and it's all and it all goes right into here and then and then Sam I have much younger people in my office that will be able to do this <laughs> oh yeah Sam will do as much or as little as you want him okay. to do he's a, he I texted him and I was like uh, I was like hey could you help a friend out with a podcast yeah. he's like no not a problem okay and so he'll do it all and then you plug this in and then and Sam let Sam do all that for you like okay. get 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 you like an intro and then you can plug all your books all your any restaurant you got opening or right. any show you got coming out well I already have it's gonna be I used to do this thing we have we haven't done it for a year it was called Bobby Flay's office we did like five of them we we we, we, were, we were not really committed and we just did it on like uh what were those um recorders that actually when they went out of business zoom no uh flip flip phones flip flip, uh, flip cameras yeah, cameras yeah. And we didn't edit it or anything, so it really sucked. But you know, we did it for like three or four minutes at a time, and we would just like let people know what was going on in my office. It's called Bobby Flay's office. But <clears throat> I think the podcast would be better because we can edit it, and Yo. also we have a cast of characters. I can have different guests from my office every time. We have do your it. friends come in, like yeah, exactly. friends that come in. You could take it. Here's the great thing: is I take that just that Zoom with me with two mics and two cords. I plug the mics right into there. Sounds perfect. So you can take that. You can do with two. What two about people. if you play music? Is that against the law? Uh, it's, everything's a little weird about that. I mean, I play music sometimes, um, and I think I actually think you can make money off of it if you go if you play music and then put up a playlist on iTunes. Yeah, and but tell is them where it the, to get it? Uh, whatever the NASCAP is it? NASCAP. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't. ASCAP. ASCAP. Yeah, I, I don't. Think, <laughs> NASCAP is NASCAP. it's NASCAR and NASCAP, NASCAP, NASCAP put together. It's music. You, it's music. <laughs> it's the music you play in NASCAR. It's usually country, but <laughs> the uh, no, I don't know what that is. I played. I've played songs before, and I've been on where you play songs, and you know, it's as long as you're not, you know, making money off of them playing the song. Like you know, you're not playing the song and reading an ad over it. Yeah, but and you can do advertising or not. I mean, a lot of people do it, but like I told you, like I, I like what. I like what Rogan's doing with just his brand. Not yeah. brand is the wrong word, but his what he likes, he just buys it and sells it. Right. Blenders, battle robes, kettlebells, designer kettlebells, vitamins, supplements. I'll give you some of his supplements on your way out. If you, are you a supplement guy? No. Steroids? No. Oh, steroids. Everyone's into steroids these <laughs> not, days. Not me. I little, can't do just it. Hor- hormone replacement. No. Nope. <laughs> hormone replacement. A little, a little, um, How much do you use? What? Steroids. Oh, I don't use steroids. Oh, okay. Look at me. Look at my body. <laughs> Come on, right dude. Next to me. The, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, it'll be up and running. It'll be awesome. And All then right. Stay away. This is my advice to you, uh, personally. Just do it yourself. Enjoy it. Have fun with I'm it. I'm totally doing yeah. it myself. But don't. But don't, what's going to happen? You'll see this very soon. A lot of people will start coming to you, going, "Hey, man, I got a network. I can get you in with a brand like Pepsi. They'll sponsor it." Like just enjoy it for a little right. while and and find your voice and have a good time with it and just have fun with it because it's fun to do. Like this is fun in my opinion. Totally, I could do this all fucking day long. Yeah, right. But uh, but we're boring the hell out of people right now. I'm sure not at all, dude. Are you shitting me? You're the biggest guest I've ever had on my podcast. Seriously? Oh well, yeah. Well, yeah. We have, I mean, to, we have to get you a booking agent. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the other thing. Well, I like to have a genuine conversation. Yeah. Like like with the conversation we had at the bar before the event. Right. It was just so. It was like it was. I, you, I was. A, it was like one of those fucking ultimate moments where everyone is like leaning in to hear you were talking about the beginnings of right. Food Network. It was so fucking genuine, and I was like, "Oh man, and we did, and we had." You're like, "I wish I had a mic." <laughs> yeah. Tr- trust so you me. think in podcast now. I was like Donnie Brasco style. Right. Like I just had a mic and I just tape recorded right. it. Oh, it'd be fucking genius. Right. But yeah, you could do this. You can do it anywhere. 
So oh, you like gangster movies? I like that. Oh yeah, me too. It's the yeah. best. Um, All right, I gotta go. I gotta go back yeah, to L.A. We did a we did an, an hour podcast that was perfect. Okay, Holly. thank perfect. you. My pleasure. And anything else you want to say? I want to I want to invite everybody out here to the man cave. Oh uh, no 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 no! Drinks, drinks are on you. Here's the address. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.